Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Norfolk and today very excited Woo-hoo! we're talking about the Haysborough torso oh, or the, the Pump Hill ghost. This <laughs> is this is don't you think that this is a contender for Norfolk's most terrifying ghost? Yeah, definitely. I was trying to think of others that are even on the same level. Can you think of any others that are at this level? This is next level scary ghost, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Not as gory, I don't think. As? I know, I mean, he is like, I can't think of anything nothing as gory. gory yeah, for sure. this, is, this is your proper... Anyway, we should tell them what it is. We should probably tell, tell them the story. Let's tell them the story. <laughs> we assume everyone knows it. Don't they? Um, Why would you not know this? So, the date differs when it comes to accounts of the horrifying Haysborough torso. One story says that the that Haysborough's macabre cadaver was first seen in 1765. Others that it wasn't spotted until the 1890s. But regardless of the timeline, the spectre is linked to an argument between Dutch smugglers on the beach at nearby Cart Gap, an argument that ended in gunfire and bloodshed. Also known as the Pump Hill Ghost, an account of the destination for the dreadful creature, the disembodied torso was said to be wearing sailor's clothing and grasping a large brown sack to its heart. First seen by farmers who were walking home after a day's work on the fields, the ghost was spotted moving from the direction of Cart Gap towards Haysborough Village. At first, the farmers thought the creature was humpbacked, until with horror they realised the hump was actually the torso's almost severed head bouncing behind it as it walked along. Terrified, the farmers told others what they'd seen and soon reports began to circulate about the awful apparition as others came forward with their terrible tales. It's so great, isn't it? It's such a great tale. The story does go on. It does, but but by the way, we will be here otherwise all day going through the whole thing and then joyfully picking it to shreds just like the corpse. So Haysborough is on the Norfolk coast. Obviously it's kind of quite close to Yarmouth, isn't it? It's along that bit of coast, yeah. the east. And it's it's really well known for its lighthouse. Really well which, known. Which um, I think is the only independently run lighthouse I think in the so, country? it's that big red and white striped yeah, one. Yeah, uh, the oldest working lighthouse in the county and the only independently operated lighthouse in the UK. And it's got a really kind of, because there, there's a huge amount of erosion at Haysborough, isn't there? Mm. And there's also the first footprints of man in, in mm. the UK, isn't there? Yeah, there that are pretty, and there's the Haysborough Poisoner. And the Haysborough Poisoner. Um, and also, kind of one of the most um, optimistic car parks I've ever seen, <laughs> which is that seeing as most really of it big, is it? falling into the sea, they just built a car park there. Oh, I they? thought you meant the car park was really big. Like, well, it so is they're... big, but they've built one recently that is really close to the edge. And I mean, the whole thing is falling in. Yes, isn't we went it? quite recently, didn't we? I, I keep thinking, you know, is it still going to be there? And also, will it just go in one anyway? 
Um, so Haysbrook is really cool, um, and it's it it's really dark now if you go at night. And there is a story there that I will tell in a little while. But then it must have been pitch black because yeah. this happened. If if you take this happening in 1765, this happened before the lighthouse. Yeah, that was built. I was going to say that was built in 1790. So yeah. it would have been dark, really but there dark. also wouldn't have been that kind of like thing to focus on. No. So it, it just would have been pitch black. Yeah. And the area this is in is it, just outside the village. Yeah, it's not actually in Haysborough, is it? No. Is it? It's a place called Went. Wimpwell Wimpwell Green. Wimpwell Green, yeah. So it's like a triangle of um, land. Which I think is a very... I think this place is very strange. I don't like it. So, yeah, it's basically... As you're going into Haysborough and you go through Wimpwell Green and there's like... um, It's like a junction that's like basically a triangle of land. It's got a dead tree on it. With a dead tree on it. The road... One of the roads... It's a a three-way junction and one of the roads isn't actually even marked or mapped with a name. I know. There's just something very ominous about it. There's something very it. wrong about it. But again, I will tell you that bit in a while when we when we get a bit further down the line. So this this is a very kind of lonely stretch of road where, where this happened. Um, and you can see that it's it's all that land around there is farmland that isn't obviously going towards the sea. So this is a village full of farmers and fishermen, um, hardy souls, which came in handy a bit later down the mm. line. And... Um, so this this is an area where shipping, fishing, the sea was everything. So it was also an area where smuggling was mm. rife. Yeah, because I guess it being just up the coast from Yarmouth, which was the main yeah. port, the ships were coming in yes. and maybe would stop off. Yes. I don't know how smugglers worked. Well, would they have stopped off, or would they have sent a little boat from the main one with? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's obviously not much about the actual business of smuggling because it was a, it was a, you know, a dodgy business, wasn't it? But yeah. this is an area which was is is really rife with um, sandbanks that mm. that claimed, I think it's on one night in 1692, 200 boats were lost wow. just off Haysborough, a thousand lives. Um, and, and just to put it into context, five years after the farmers saw the Hayes Torso, the HMS Peggy was driven towards the shore in a snowstorm, 32 lives. In 1801, the HMS Invincible, oh dear, um, mm. on its way to Nelson's Battle of Copenhagen sank and 400 men died. Wow. Um, so this was an area where you would not have been landing a ship, so therefore the smugglers were really clever and yeah. knew, knew their way through these incredibly thin channels mm. um so they were fairly sure that those those kind of those beaches would be clear mm. uh, and there is a kind of there is a thought that the haze were torso that shuck who was seen in that area um was made up by smugglers to keep to, to keep people away to keep people away i mean frankly mm. you would wouldn't you interestingly though with this story there is the, obviously like you said that theory that it was made up but there are some element, elements to it to make me think it wasn't made up. Because I will kind of move on with the story a little bit. The farmers actually, one of the farmers decided to follow the ghost. So it was a ghost that was being seen on a regular basis. Yeah. And he set out to follow the ghost on its journey to see where it would travel to. Gingerly tracing the spectre's route, the man watched as the otherworldly creature lurched towards the village well, 
at which point it launched the sack it carried and then itself into the well. The next day, the decision was taken to search the well. Villagers watched in trepidation as a slight young man was lowered in the bucket down into the deep, dark well until he hit the bottom with a splash. There, as he nervously felt around in the water, he came across a rough brown sack. Other accounts claim it was a grappling hook, but it's much more interesting if a, if a man went down there. Um, inside the sack were a pair of sailor's boots, and inside the boots were a pair of sailor's legs. Mm. Horrified, the decision was made to immediately drain the well. Suddenly, the villagers didn't feel so thirsty. To see if there was any more macabre discoveries to be made at the bottom of the well. There were. Oh, yes. Another sack contained a torso in a traditional sailor's uniform. A strip of rotting flesh connected a grinning skull to the body and a belt with a pistol hanging from it. On, moonlight, on moonlit nights, it was said that te the terrible moaning could be heard ringing out from the well and that before storms, the ghost would groan. But when a, when a newfangled pump, uh, pump was installed at the well, the ghostly goings-on came to an abrupt stop until the pump was removed, at which point the groaning began once again. Fearful the Haysborough torso would begin its dreadful coastal journey once again, the pump was quickly reinstalled, but the well fell into disuse in the 20th century, although villagers were unwilling to decommission the pump in case the ghost made an unwelcome return. So the fact that the, the triangle of land that we've been talking about, it's documented that there was a well there mm -hmm. and there was a pump there. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't think it feels that... Obviously, it is speculation, but it doesn't feel like that much of a jump to conclude that a body could have been found in there. No, no. Um, the only reason, the only weird thing I can see is why would you... So, so these smugglers, or there was said to be a smuggler's fight between mm. two smugglers, one killed the other. Um, they would have been bringing stuff in off the coast, tea, gin, brandy, lace, silk from Europe. Um, this was such big business, so much money was involved that, that if you had one sea bandit v another, quite likely to kill them. On the other hand, would you not just either leave the body there or bury it there? Why would you carry it a mile mm. up and put it in the and well. put it in the village's water supply? Unless you really are that kind of a kind of psychopath that just wants to kind of do you know what I mean? It's a long way. Cart Gap is at least a mile yeah. away from from this from this place. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I think the other thing I was thinking is I can imagine the this story having a grain of truth in it in that I don't also having been to the area mm. it's quite remote and it's like there are houses there though so if someone had been to the pub and was walking home and was drunk and then fell in the well yeah but then that wouldn't account for them being in a sack and stuff and not having a head uh, and not or having, not having much of a head and, yeah. and, and also, would you chop them up to put them in the well or would you just chuck them in well, I suppose the, the, the story I've seen is that the, the cutting off was to make it easier to lug them to the well. Mm. So the, although surely it would have been covered in blood. But, it, yeah, I find it odd that they didn't just bury this, the body in the sand, um, uh, you know, a mile away. Um, but, hey, let's not kind of... The other thing I found interesting about it is that... So the ghost was obviously trying to show people where its spirit was, and it 
sounds like it was seen very frequently for quite a in like quick amount of time because yeah. when they found the body it still had its rotting flesh on so yeah. it wouldn't have been that long between no. when he was murdered so that that was the kind of the purpose of the ghost it wasn't like one of those repeating ones where it's repeating the same but step. then it comes back well this is this is what i thought this is the interesting thing it's like they kind of laid the apparition by finding it but then the groans kept so Coming. the apparition changed. And the ghost kept being seen as well. Oh, did it? As, well, yes, so... Oh, so I didn't, couldn't find another account of it being yeah, seen. Yeah, so it was... Oh, um, I've got a couple of bits um, that add to it after I wrote that, which is... So to go back to how they kind of knew what happened, after this... There were several several parts, in fact. One, I was really impressed that they were that the two farmers who saw the body were able to persuade the rest of the village to go and search the well because mm -hmm. you would just assume they were drunk, wouldn't you? Yeah. But um, so I've seen several stories that say that they came to back to look at this figure several times before they did this, okay. and that actually villagers were involved in some of that and saw it themselves. Mm -hmm. Hence, the well was was excavated. Um, also, there's another piece from from another. You're much better actually writing down where the sources come from but I promise you this is a, there's a source for this um, which is that the first time that was seen they kind of assumed from what the ghost was wearing that it might be a sailor and a smuggler and it might be something connected so they went and looked on the beach and in a deserted cow shed near Cart Gap a patch of blood was found oh. together with fragments of empty bottles three or four gold coins and a pistol the pair to that one found in the well later it seemed there had been a smuggler's quarrel that one of the men had been killed, his legs hacked off to make carrying the body easier, and all the remains thrown in the well. So... Why would you put it in the well, though? Well, exactly. It's a long way away. It is a long way away. Unless it is a smuggler's story, and they were putting their treasure in the well. Or they don't want to... I mean, if you bury something... We know that if you bury something actually on the beach that it's going to get uncovered by sand, it's going to get scoured off. But you could just off. throw him in the sea and say, oh, he must have fallen off but a ship. But then he's even still going to come back in. I think... I wonder if it was... You know, it was kind of a smuggler... If you are coming into that part of the land in order to smuggle, then you don't want to make that obvious to you. So therefore, you would possibly, with your booty, which somehow you've got to get back up towards Yarmouth or towards Norwich or wherever you're going, indeed towards that well. Um, presumably you're either doing that with other people who are carrying it by hand or you've got a cart or something. Mm. Um, so I suppose although he is seen walking and revoltingly at some speed, mm. or kind of not walking, gliding, Because it's just a terrifying it speed. It's just a torso. It's just a torso with his head hanging and banging as he goes and a pigtail dragging on the ground. Um, but if that that booty from the from the ship is being taken, say in a cart, it's fairly easy to chuck him on the back mm -hmm. and throw him in. The fact that he then it doesn't mean that was his journey because quite obviously he didn't throw himself in the well with mm -hmm. no feet and no legs. So I wonder if they just threw him onto the cart as well, thinking we'll get rid of him later, yeah. pass a well, and think. That'll okay, do. that'll do. And also, actually, him being on a cart or something would um, account for why he's moving fast. Yes, exactly. So I wondered if it was, you know, because you're not going to have just two smugglers there. You might have two smugglers who end up fighting, but mm. this doesn't strike me as something where only two of them would have been involved. 
So I wonder if they were like. I'd be interested to know if he was a local person, if he was known. I I've got in my mind that they're Dutch. I don't know why, but oh. I've got in my mind they are not. Um, and there's a few other things that I, that kind of strike me, which is uh, this idea of this thing guiding at speed, which is always any ghost that moves quickly mm-hmm. or any spectral thing that moves quickly it's like I, it's why i find 28 days later oh i zom- mean like oh fast zombies are just the worst just fast zombies i mean what slow zombies fine but I mean, you can fast... almost you can always like power walk away yeah, from them that's it, just, like, close that the door. bit with robert carlisle where they're running oh my god to be fair zombies are like one of my fears well along with love. why would they not be we, I have this conversation with my kids all the time where my kids kind of say to me, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? And I say, I'd just die immediately. I'd just give in. There's no point. I wouldn't try. I would try. I have would a you? plan. I can't be bothered. People really me a crowbar be. for my birthday once. Do they? For zombie yeah. attacks. But see, I just think I'm too, in, I'm too late. You just told me earlier, when I said to you I got up really early and saw the frost, you said I like my bed. Well, that is not going to work out for you if zombies come. Well. You'd get up for them? But not for the beauty of nature's majesty. But who says they're going to come early in the morning? They come at all times. <laughs> Have you not watched 28 Days Later? They come and they come fast. It's about barricading yourself. I can imagine you literally being like, I'm not ready for this yet. Can you come back in a couple of hours? <laughs> just need a nap. I just need a few hours, okay? And then like going, yeah, fair play. <laughs> but um, I, would, I would give in. I, 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 rel- I would relish death's sweet kiss. Yeah. I think there is something like about fast-moving things. It's like why I don't like moths. I don't like fast-moving things. Because they and they're too unpredictable. Yeah, it's that unpredictable. Like, so if a, a floating headless torso oh, is zooming towards you, you've got no time to like think. So at this point, I should tell my story, really. Yeah, shouldn't you I? should. Really. I could. Okay. So literally a couple of weeks ago, I knew we were going to do this podcast, and I got it in my head. And and Shifra and I are the same with this kind of thing. You get one tiny. Thing stuck in your head and it's really important so for me that one tiny thing that was really important was is there still a dead tree on that triangle of land who knows why I cared I don't know but I did and I so I kind of looked it up and I tried to see if anyone would take any pictures and I went back and I went on Instagram and I went everywhere nothing you couldn't tell just that old picture that we have so I thought um, one night I couldn't get to sleep I was in a bit of a tiz, so I thought, right, I'm going to go for a drive. That'd be nice. Christmas lights were on. I can go and have a look at Christmas lights. It'd be lovely. Anyway, so there <laughs> I set off. It's probably about midnight by this time. I set off, and I stop in Stalham because I've forgotten to put my online shopping order in, so I had to do that. Outside some beautiful lights. I thought, this is nice. This is really nice. And it was thought, exactly what you wanted it exactly to be. Exactly what it was. magical. And then, then I thought, oh, I'll just go home now. And I thought, no, I've come to see the tree. I'm going to go and see it. Anyway, so I then drive along towards Haysborough. As I get uh, probably about a mile and a half away, I have this absolute feeling of utter dread. Like it must be about quarter to one in the morning by that stage. And I think, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to turn around. So I think, right, the next time I see somewhere, I'll turn around. And there is nowhere to turn around. And then I see a red light. And then the bloody red light is next to the Haysborough Torso well site. So there I am looking, thinking, I can't even look at it. I kind of glance at it quickly to see the dead tree still there. I am then stuck there. You know the kind of lights in the middle of nowhere are on red for ages. 
And then I think to myself, God, this would be a really bad time to think about how fast that ghost moves, wouldn't it? This would be a really bad time. And then I'm like, oh my God, I can't move. I'm on a red light. I'm by so the side of it. Behind it's, you? No, in front of oh, me. Okay, so you'd come round. Oh no, Cart Gap's behind me. Yeah. Hayes so in he would have been coming up behind he you. He would have been coming up behind me. It's and pitch black. You would have seen it in your like, like, pop by. In your mirror. And I'm literally, I was literally kind of thinking, go green, go. And I was thinking, I'm going to run the red. I'm going to run the red. I'm going to run the red. And then it went green. I was like, <laughs> oh, it was horrible. It was there was such a nasty feeling, and that feeling came far before. In fact, I didn't think of it. But it came about at Cart Gap, I would Well, say. I was going to say, Cart Gap, I looked into it, is about a mile yes, from the well site. that's right. So I literally turned onto that road, and I was thinking all sorts of things. I was thinking, I'm going to go down to the sea and have a look at it, because it was really, it was kind of like there was a big moon, and I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look and see the moon and, and have a little moment, and, and it'll be beautiful. You know, nighttime sea, lovely, because Richard hates nighttime sea, he's scared of it. So I thought, I'd be nice. I swear, I was like out of there and away from the sea as fast as I could go. It was horrible. I told I, you the next day. Didn't yeah, I? yeah. I, oh. I, I just, I think it's that little. I don't know. There's something about that triangle of land, <sighs> and I've seen the picture, and I, I think we have driven past it at some yeah. point, and it's got the tree. It's just a really creepy place, and I don't know whether it's a shape. I don't know if triangles have some kind oh, of significance. It's just horrible. Of like in my mind, I'd remember that as being quite and uh, not nice, but I'd remember that as being you know mm-hmm. nothing really. And when I was, I could not believe that that red light was right next to it. Yeah. Even when I got up to it, when I drove up to it, I thought, oh, it's a bit. But oh my god, it's there, there. And I literally locked the doors. That's how scared I was. I was like, like could you? Because that's. I remember when we went to um, when we saw the Stockton Stone, mm. and I just got it into my head because we got out to look at it I got stung by nettles because I got overexcited but there was like a lorry parked up and I got it into my head that someone had got in the car yeah I don't know if I told I yeah you did, I told, you did and I was like I couldn't stop thinking have you locked the car that somebody if I like looked behind me there was yeah. going to be and as soon as you start oh. thinking that it's like and, and I know if I'd been there I'd been like if I look in the mirror I'm going to see this I know wall, so, like, I know I was I had I, I had my hands on the wheel and I was ready to go because mm. I was thinking it's the middle of the night Nothing has passed. I have not seen a car for probably 10 minutes. Mm. Nothing had passed me. It was freezing. We should and, go back. Oh, it was horrible. Um, do, you, do you think you'd I feel would go back. If, I, I was, if you were no, with me? No, but it was, I was kind of thinking, and if it comes, it's going to be like, whoom, you know, and straight it, it there. Go, and what if it went through the car oh, straight God. into the well? I know. Yeah. It was really a bad idea. Don't do that. I Don't think it's like the things the behind night. you, isn't it? Like yeah. if you think someone's gonna come towards you maybe, but if something's coming and you just look up into your mirror <sighs> and it's behind you. I mean just horrific, isn't it? Yeah. And also just imagine seeing that, you know. With like the head. I know. So so what seemed like a really good idea, I would really suggest not going out alone to look for a disembodied torso. Um I did quickly look into whether or not there are other torso ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? No, I looked into body part ghosts, but I wasn't that <laughs> body success- part ghosts. Gen- in general. <laughs> I couldn't find that, especially in Norfolk. I mean, the Adams family was a hand. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I was like in yeah, like, for. But especially in Norfolk, I couldn't find any other ghosts that were just a specific body part. Could you? Oh, you're so localised. I mean, yeah, I, I was went, just trying to, like, I was just I, I went worldly, and then, <laughs> so in Japan. We are called Weird Norfolk. 
I know, but I like to <laughs> I like to broaden our horizons occasionally. So I was talking to Shifa about this before, which is how much respect I have for the Japanese who have a word for everything, every emotion, everything. Their dictionary must be off the scale because they have about I don't know a word for everything. So of course they have millions of word for ghosts, and one of their ghosts. It's like they, they name all the ghosts really specifically, don't they? So they won't just be like a ghost. No. It'll be a, t- a certain kind. So they've got all these categories such as vengeful ghosts who had wrong done to them, ghosts who died in childbirth, ghosts, ghosts who died at sea, ghosts of children, floating spirits, earthbound spirits, torsos. Um, so this torso ghost is literally, it has no leg. Well, in, maybe not quite torso ghost, but it's, it's got no legs, no feet. And that is what they look like. And that's most of their ghosts, actually. Cause so they can't actually stand on the ground. They don't okay. have legs, they don't have feet. And I, the only other one I found was there was a film called 13 Ghosts, made in 1960. Yeah, I, cool. I did nearly... I started watching that. Oh, I, didn't, I found it a bit boring. Did you? Well, but did you have the glasses? Um, no, director know. William Castle, remade in 2001. Um, in the original, Dr Plato Zorba perishes, leaves a large house to his struggling nephew Cyrus... Um, it also contains his uncle's collection of a dozen ghosts, <laughs> including a lion tamer and his lion, an Italian chef, a flaming skeleton and others, all waiting for the arrival of the 13th ghost that will free them. The, ghost, the film's claimed fame was that its use of coloured filters made the ghosts invisible unless you watched them through ghost viewers. Oh, that's clever. And one of those ghosts was the torso. Um, it was a long-haired human figure with no lower body walking around on its hands. I know. In the film, the torso's head is also separated from its body and both the torso and the head are wrapped in plastic. That's quite creepy. I mean, obviously, headless ghosts, we have millions of... Yeah, but do we have them in Norfolk? Yeah, we've got the headless horsemen, haven't we? Um, we've got the... Headless coachmen, headless horses, blickling. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've got quite a few oh, headless things. Mainly blickling, mainly... Uh, Shuck is sometimes dad. headless, isn't He's he? sometimes headless. Somehow, bumping head, far worse than headless. Yeah, I think it's that, like the idea of that bit of skin. Oh, God. Yeah. Like... And, and apparently Britain has lots of headless bears, horses, dogs and pigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... It is an unusual ghost. There is nothing like this anywhere else. No. There are smugglers' ghosts. There are several in Norfolk. Um, in fact, I meant to pull that one off because I don't think we've done it. Have we done the smuggler in Wayborn? The whistling smuggler? Yeah, I think I d- we have. have his we? grave was found, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, we have Maybe done we that have, one. yeah. So that, that's a smuggler's ghost. I found But he that has that a head. We are an official reference on Wikipedia for a Haysborough. Are we? That's exciting. That's quite exciting. See? And and it says our names and everything. Does it? Gosh. Well, there we go. That's because we've done a proper job on it. And obviously called Pump Hill Ghost because it was a pump. It's not really on a hill, is it? I guess it kind of is. A Norfolk hill. hill. It's a hill for Norfolk. It's not much of a hill. Um, I think that's pretty much it on fact-wise what we've got. But it is is a terrifying ghost. It's a terrifying ghost quite spooky area yeah but it's also it is like one of the classic norfolk ghost stories there's probably like 10 that everyone knows yeah and i this must like this is one of them do you think do you think this is one of those occasions where we think it's really well known and in fact (laughs) nobody has a clue even before 
Maybe started doing about. with Norfolk. Because I, I knew think, about this yeah, one. well, so did I. But the classic ones are the ones we've not done, like Berlin. I know, but that's because. Is it, I know. But, does but it. we made an exception for this one because we really liked it. It's so good. It's so good, and, and also again, this is another one which is not done very well normally mm. because people don't go into all the. I think it, it kind of reminds me of the um, the girl who ate her parents. Yeah. And that's a classic, that's one that everyone knows. But we yeah. did do that one because we, we liked it. it. It's a great story. It's a great place to go. It's terrifying. It, I think it's probably the most frightening mm. that we have in Norfolk. If you disagree with us, let us know. Yeah. Although I would be surprised because we are always right. <laughs> 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 Hello, and welcome to this series of Unfinished with me, Charles Thompson. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. Of course, it is the Kings of Anglia podcast. From true crime to football, politics to folklore, for more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com forward slash channel forward slash Archant.